Hello everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of Everything is Tragic with Hilary Starr. I am your host, Hilary Starr. Welcome everyone, happy new year, Um, exciting new things, you know, new year, feeling great. It is um, like somewhat mid-January and honestly, I've been feeling pretty good. No bad thoughts yet, you know, the depression hasn't struck, but I learn to enjoy the good moments when they're good, you know, even if I'm not going out and doing a lot of things, if I wake up and I feel like I'm going to have a good day, even though I'm just staying at home, I revel in it. I enjoy it so much because it's, it's one of those things that like, I know it doesn't last forever because my depression comes back, but enjoy it. A little word of words of wisdom you know when you feel like your day is going to be good even though it's not full of super exciting things enjoy it smile a little more make yourself extra coffee because life is good you know um so i haven't posted in about two weeks um because the first week it was like the holidays i didn't really feel like posting uh and then the second week i was like recovering um mentally (laughs) My best friend came and we spent uh, New Year's together. She's from Hawaii. Maddie, I love Sophia. I miss you so much. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just starting to get over her not being here, um, which is why I'm able to sit down and shoot an episode. Uh, also, if you are watching, I, yeah, I changed my living room, so the configuration in the background is a lot different. You're not going crazy. Um, but yeah, my best friend came and we uh, we spent time together. It was the most unhinged New Year's I have ever spent in my life um, because we did so much and nothing at the same time. Like we spent a lot of time together. We did a lot of shopping, but we also didn't go out that much, which is funny because we kind of vibed off of the same energy. We're like, if one of us got tired, the other one got just as tired and we ended up not leaving the house a lot of the times. Um, like New Year's Eve, we were supposed to go out. We got ready and everything. Next thing you know, we were like, you know what? Let's just stay in. And we did a TikTok that went viral. And I was like, oh, now you have to move here because people love us together. <laughs> she fucking left. But she, she made sure to not leave without leaving me with the most obnoxious gift in the world. Um, <laughs> so a little background about me. Um, I am someone that like lightly, lightheartedly, okay, don't get offended, makes fun of people that buy so many of these Starbucks cups because I think that they're the ugliest things in the world. I'm sorry. But sometimes they just don't appeal to me. And if they appeal to you, great. Do not get offended. But I know some people will get offended because I have seen some of these TikToks of collections of these Starbucks cups. So what, um, and I also dog on her and all my other friends in this friend group because they buy way too many of these cups. And so what did she do? She bought me one in the most obnoxious color ever. And I've been drinking my coffee and water every single day. So Maddie, here's to you. I love you. (laughs) So for this episode, we are going to talk about the current state of influencer marketing. Child, I have all the, you can't even see this. I have all the notes about this because A, I love marketing and consumerism and consumer behavior. And B, this is a lot to unpack when it comes to influencer marketing and where it started, where it's at, and where it's going. Um, a little background for those of you that don't know, I graduated uh, in uh, I graduated with a bachelor's in marketing, and probably one of my favorite things to study and read up on is uh, consumer behavior and the flow of uh, trends and where things are going. Um, I'm not the best forecaster. I'm not good at predicting trends myself, but I love reading about other people like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Coco Moco on TikTok. I love her videos. Like I love watching her predicting trends, um, about what she thinks is going to, what she thinks is going to happen in the, in the future when it comes to influencers and, you know, TikTok and all that stuff. Um, so for this episode, I wanted to talk about like what's been happening, you know, what's been happening because Morphe closed their stores. All right. We're going to get into that. And um, also just like my personal opinions on uh, about all this. And we're going to talk about the past, the present and 
I'm going to touch a little bit on the future, like where I think it might be heading. But at the same time, I'm not a forecaster, so I can only say so much about where I think this is heading. So we're just going to get right into it. So let's jump right into it. So before I jump into it, I want to read off the synopsis and um, I feel like it's a good way for you guys to get a good idea of what the episode is about and what I'm pretty much going to talk about. Um, obviously, I go on my little tangents and my little rants, but this is like probably like this is the main idea of what the episode is about. So I'm going to read it off. Influencers have driven the world of marketing and business strategies into a new direction since about 2016 when it had reached a new high. But lately, I feel like there's been a huge shift in influencer marketing where people are no longer blindly buying everything these influencers recommend. Now, people do more research on products and vet these influencers before even trusting their recommendations. So I feel like that's a good place to start when it comes to um, kind of talking about uh, where the flow of influencer marketing began and where it's currently heading and where it might be heading towards the future um so i don't want to like get off topic kind of like and give my opinions because then i go into rants and then i don't go back into my main point so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to my notes so we're going to first talk about the past. Um, and I'm talking about like pre-internet. So, you know, pre-internet, everybody was doing their advertising with TVs, commercials, um, movies, uh, billboards, um, and also product placement. So, uh, for those of you that don't know, product placement is when a brand sponsors, whether it's a TV show, a movie, and they put their brand in these shows so i don't know if you guys noticed like when you watch a movie or a tv show you don't really see people wearing like nike shirts unless they're sponsored by nike and they have the rights to you know advertise nike in their shows or in the movies um kind of like stranger things when they were drinking coke and you clearly saw that they were drinking coke like those are certain those are like different types of marketing um and so we were all very used to that type of advertising for decades and decades until the internet came along and then the internet started introducing a wider range of advertising you know you have the banner ads which i never pay attention to that shit, but apparently they are effective i mean i never fell for it i never looked at them and thought oh i want to buy this um but it seemed to have worked for a ton of brands um, and so the internet really helped kind of steer the direction uh, as to where advertising was heading. And then companies like YouTube became a thing. And then Spotify um, became a thing where, you know, before the premium, before Spotify premium was a thing, everybody had basic Spotify. You remember Pandora? And they would just shoot you advertisements like every other song. And that shit was fucking annoying because you couldn't skip it. But it was unavoidable. It was everywhere. And, um, oh, a perfect example. I feel like the first influencers that, um, I feel like the first form of advertising that were used by influencers were celebrities because celebrities have a form of influence you know influencer isn't just oh content creators influencer is a person that with them holding up a coke can they can influence you to desire coke to want a coke can i kind of want coke now you know that's sounds tasty but um you know that's that's something that has been done for decades so celebrities were like the i feel like the first form of like walking billboards where like you know kendall jenner was wearing the latest dior bag and it was like in people magazine and all these blogs and people were talking about it and where can you get this and all that stuff fast forward youtube became a thing and then the influencers showed up <laughs> So I want to say like when YouTube uh, was starting to become a thing, these content creators like Jenna Marbles, um, Shane Dawson, which like he was one of the big ones, um, and Graveyard Girl, like they all became unbelievably popular. And that kind of started the whole concept of content creation becoming a full-time job 
But back then, like sponsorships were happening, but they weren't happening as much as they're happening now. You know what I mean? And they were getting stuff sent to them for free, but it wasn't happening as frequently as it's happening now. So these people kind of like pioneered the way um, into what we know now as, you know, content creation being a full-time job. And they're there's so many different types of content creators like Andrew, uh, my husband, he subscribed to all these different types of YouTubers, like gaming YouTubers. Like I watch a lot of gamers also. Dashi is like my number one favorite gamer. Um, and Andrew is subscribed to um, YouTubers who review cars and YouTubers who um, review uh, not only games, but gaming consoles. And then YouTubers that review like technology, like laptops, TVs, all this stuff. There's so much in the community of content creators. Like it is a huge umbrella. There's hundreds of communities that um, exist, especially today. But starting back then, it was like, it was just starting like the birth of content creators. Um, and so time went on, everything is going great. You know, Logan Paul is emerging, God help us. Uh, David Dobrik and his crew. So then that's a different type of um, content creating where it's just vlogging. Vlogs started becoming more of a thing. And then 2016 came around and no, it wasn't just Lemonade Mouth, Lemonade Mouth. <laughs> wrong thing i'm talking about beyonce's lemonade but i'm also lemonade mouth is a, a disney movie but you know what i'm talking about uh you know 2016 didn't just bring us lemonade by beyonce and pokemon go they also brought us the influencers now this is where things start to get very spicy in the world of content creator space and uh, brands starting to look at content creators and start taking them seriously as people that do this full-time and make a living out of this and now they're like okay now we see you we hear you now take our money and promote our shit and that's exactly what happened um at this time, I was working, I like just started working at Sephora. I wanted to become a beauty influencer. Like I started watching Jaclyn Hill, um, Manny Amiwe, Patrick Starr, James Charles, um, unfortunately, Jeffree Star also. Uh, who else did I watch? Uh, Jackie Ina. Jackie, 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 Jackie. Oh my god, Laura Lee, Nicole Concilio, who I'm actually friends with now. Hi girl, I fucking love you. She's the sweetest thing ever. Um, and so I began watching all these beauty influencers and I think a lot of it has to do with age in regards to like how easily influenced I was by these influencers. But I, I think also a lot of it has to do with the fact that it was so popular to buy everything that these influencers recommended. And so I became a product of that where i bought the alex drawers i had nine drawers full of makeup and it was all in the result of consumerism um which is funny because like around this time there was a uh the rise of anti-hauls which were videos of people talking about things that were coming out new makeup releases that were coming out and things that they were not buying because they weren't gonna play into consumerism and you know me being a lover of consumerism and uh just a study of consumer behavior i used to watch these videos all while having you know bought a shit ton of stuff from sephora and i'm like taking it out while watching this video about consumerism <laughs> but um so i was working at sephora and this was i didn't even realize until now like that was the best time to work at sephora because all the good shit came out around that time. So I wanna keep referring to my notes because I will go on a tangent because there's just so much to be said about this era of beauty influencers. Um, it was just, it was a lot to take in, but everybody wanted to be a part of it. And then so many people started becoming influencers. Like I wanted to become a beauty influencer and thank God it failed because lord knows i would not be happy if some of these youtube videos that i did back in 2016 went viral because i got no fucking way um so this is where consumer behavior plays a huge role in where things were heading in regards to marketing and like brands kind of keeping a closer eye on creators so you know a creator like jacqueline hill would sit down and she would promote all these products and the next day, the shelves would be empty at Sephora or Ulta or Mac, and you couldn't find 
anything. Do you remember like the MAC paint pots? Those were sold out for months. I couldn't get my hands on them until they became unpopular. I was always that person that like bought the trendy products after they stopped becoming trendy because I never got my hands on it when they first beca became trendy. Um, but also I had the advantage of when I worked at Sephora, I was able to get some of the trendy products. So like the Anastasia Beverly Hills Glow Kits, um, the Jaclyn Hill Champagne Pop, um, one of the best highlighters ever, hands down. But um, rest in peace, Becca. But it was something that, you know, looking at it from a a marketing point of view brands started seeing dollar signs because they were like look at these people buying everything that these influencers are recommending them like like an influencer and it wasn't even just things that they recommended it was a piece of jewelry they were wearing a piece of clothing they were wearing in their videos a piece of equipment that they would use in the videos and people would they would list it in their description and people would go and buy it and so what did that lead to that led to companies beginning to use discount codes and i feel like you know where i'm heading with this one morphe and their godforsaken discount codes this is where you know looking back at it now i was like this is where morphe kind of started to really focus a little too much on influencers because they built their following on solely like influencer and word of mouth and i feel like they didn't they didn't develop a big enough loyalty um like their own customer base to kind of stay successful today because now <laughs> they're gone they're closed they're all closed but um so there was an emergence of all these new brands too because with the heavy consumption of makeup like these makeup uh, collection halls that we would see on youtube the the makeup room halls like the, the makeup room tours you guys remember those like People had separate bedrooms uh, full of like makeup and skincare and this was like peak like I used to watch these all the time and I was like I can't wait to move out so I can have a beauty room so this was also a time when Instagram was also becoming really popular and so they were influencers weren't just on YouTube they were also moving to Instagram so all these other influencers became popular like the fitness the fashion influencers the travel influencers the food influencers um they all moved to instagram because that type of fast content started becoming a thing as well um so you know with that being said like these brands started noticing that they can make so much money in the makeup space so brands like juvia's place immor uh, immorphed <laughs> emerged uh morphe became a thing ColourPop rose to popularity like ColourPop first came out way back in i think 2013 2012 correct me if i'm wrong but they blew up around 2016 um what else uh anastasia beverly hills the chokehold that anastasia beverly hills had on the consumer back in 2016 the makeup enthusiast back in 2016 was feral feral unbelievably feral you could not escape it you could not escape anastasia beverly hills the liquid lipsticks oh god i i, I kind of want to do like a makeup tutorial of like makeup products i used to use some of them aren't even available anymore but the way i used to do my makeup compared to now it's unbelievable it's like night and day um so brands saw a money-making opportunity with these influencers so what started it started a whole thing with PR packages, brand trips, which nobody gave a fuck. And I'm talking about consumers, people like me, people like you. People were watching these influencers on the brand trips, but they didn't give a fuck about the brands. I, I never understood. I mean, maybe like, I feel like it would have been, I, let me first say this again. I think that brands, some brands were doing it out of like, you know, thanking the influencers, but there were also brands that were doing it to promote a new product. And I'm like, I think that's the stupidest way to promote a product because you're dropping hundreds of thousands of dollars to fly out these influencers to Bora Bora to push out a sunscreen that like, it's not going to have that much of an effect because it's not really genuine. Like it's, it's very disingenuous. It's like, 
they're only promoting it because they have to and like we're not stupid like and we only care about seeing what they're doing in bora bora like i don't care that they're promoting the sunscreen i'm not gonna buy it i just want to see them swimming and looking hot you know and so these influencers started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and so that also led to a lot of collaborations morphe was the collab brand and going back to the discount codes morphe used the hell out of content creators to shill these discount codes which i think there's something bigger there you know how like every content creator had a discount code i'm like there is no way that morphe was losing that much money in discount codes so my theory is that they priced their products way high above what you would usually price something that is you know repackaged or you know uh re uh what's the purpose what's the name i don't know what the name is private labeled you know um i'm pretty sure they overpriced these private labeled uh brushes and eyeshadow palettes so that way when you use the discount codes you feel like you're saving money but you're actually not and it's not losing money on the company's end and i feel like a lot of people didn't notice that i didn't notice that i genuinely thought that i was saving 10 percent on my purchase on these fucking makeup brushes that used to peel and and used to shed on my face every time um but no like i really think that a lot of and that's also a lot of things with like you know target walmart like when they say like oh this is going on sale like it's not actually going on sale it's the price went up so much that they just brought it back down to its original price and it's to make you think that you're actually saving money when you're not um so that's something to kind of be aware of like next time you think that something is actually like there are some things that like yeah it's always been this price and now all of a sudden it's been dropped down about 10 15 bucks like you are saving money there but for the most part like a lot of these things like the coupons and it's very inflated and very like fluffed up to make you believe you're saving money when in fact you're not um so morphe ran with these discount codes and i feel like that's where people started looking at beauty influencers uh in a more disingenuous light um like Jacqueline Hill, like she used to push out the Morphe discount codes so much. And that's what actually led me to stop watching her completely because she would not promote any other brand except the fucking Morphe codes. I swear to God. And then I would buy the stuff and I would hate it. Like, I mean, I don't know how the quality is now because I don't, I don't buy Morphe. I frankly couldn't even look in the direction of Morphe anymore. I, I stopped caring about them ever since uh when they came out with morphe 2 i used to use a skin tint a lot it was my favorite but i've discovered better ones since then so i don't care about morphe anymore but when jacqueline hill started coming out uh every episode every video on youtube with her morphe codes that would send me into a spiral and then i would see it like many mei was doing it and then all these other influencers were doing it and so you get this because eventually you can only blow up an industry so much before it becomes oversaturated and that's what happened way later in 2016. the morphe codes were being pushed out so much that it started a kind of a conversation on the other side the consumer side of like what's what's the deal here with like influencers like all they want us to do is like buy stuff that they recommend but you know they're making money off of it which like you know hurrah to you like good for you you're making money but at the same time is like is would you be promoting this if you weren't getting paid and then that's kind of where people started to lose a lot of trust for these influencers for the big ones and then the underdogs the, the small ones started to see an opportunity to grow in that so for a couple of years people started losing their trust on these big influencers and then the little influencers started becoming even more popular and um so sponsorships became a huge thing around that time so like um thinking about a different industry like andrew watching like those uh car review uh youtubers they would get sponsorships with like honda acura and like they would promote like the new car in exchange for money um and they and a video a youtube video and for beauty influencers like they would partner with sephora for like the sale or like mac or juvia's place or becca like it's there were and there are different t types of ways that 
creators do sponsorships. Like it's not just in the videos, it's also Instagram posts, it's stories, um, now with TikTok and also reels. Um, things have definitely changed in the world of influencer space and the marketing and the advertising and how creators advertise products, um, which we will get to shortly. But, um, and every company that you can think of has probably done a campaign with an influencer, whether it's like a food, a home, lifestyle, Target, Walmart, all these brands. So a lot of brands were putting a ton of money behind these content creators. And I know a lot of people will be saying, well, these content creators shouldn't be getting paid that much, like 30,000 for a video. First of all, this is our full-time job because now I can speak on it. Because back then, yeah, I had the same point of view and perspective. I was like, how the fuck, why the fuck are they making this much money? But when you are on the other side of it, you kind of get it. And also, from a marketing point of view, I hope you guys know, for those of you that say, are saying that, you know, influencers don't deserve this much money, first of all, who are you to dictate how much influencers deserve to get paid? Like, obviously, and then they always like to say, well, they're not nurses, they're not resuscitated. No fucking shit. You really think I'm sitting here, like, doing God's work? No, I fucking post videos and I, I make people laugh. Like, that's what I love to do. But I also get paid for it because this is my full-time job. So, uh, people have such an issue with content creators getting paid for what they do um, and getting paid a lot. Let me tell you something. Companies spend way more money, millions of dollars. Do you know how much money is used for commercials solely in the Super Bowl? Like during the Super Bowl, it's millions and millions of dollars, okay? We get like this much, if anything. So advertisers and like companies using content creators and influencers to promote their products is almost nothing compared to what they would be spending if they were using traditional forms of advertising and media, okay? So I really hate this whole, like, influencers don't deserve to be getting paid this much. It's like, first of all, there's a lot that goes into determining how much influencers get paid because not every influencer gets paid $30,000 for a TikTok because trust me, I wish that was me, but I'm not there yet. You know, I get paid a good amount. Heck, I make sometimes... um on a campaign, I will say this, I make more than what Andrew makes in an entire month at work, but he's not complaining because that's, that's food on the table. Also, this is my full-time job. I get paid, you know, with a campaign, I get paid maybe once a month, once every other month, if it's kind of slow. So that money has to last. Plus inflation, recession, I live in New York City. It is not fucking cheap. Okay. So you would think that that money is a lot. You would think that like I'm wealthy, but like I'm not struggling like as much as I used to, but I most definitely am not where I want to be financially. Um, so that's my little rant. So please, for the love of God, next time you want to tell a content creator they don't deserve to be making that much money on something, reconsider if you were in that position, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't want someone telling you that you shouldn't be making money because you worked hard to get to where you are. I worked hard to get to where I am. It's not a lot of physical work. It's a lot of mental work. It's a lot of stress. It's, you know, when you're a content creator, you are everything and more. Your own accountant, your own videographer, your own director, your own editor. I do everything by myself. Everything. Nobody helps me. I wish I had an editor, but I do everything by myself. Hell fucking yeah, I better be compensated what I fucking deserve. And, you know, a lot goes into how much content creators make. They can make from $1,000 to a campaign to 100000 depending on how big they are. And, you know, it, it all depends on how many followers they have, the engagement that they have, how much influence they have. So, you know, next time you hear a content creator, a full-time content creator, not just someone who does content creating full-time and they don't put effort into their videos and they complain about views, but next time y'all hear a content creator who does content creation full-time complain about views and engagement and encouraging their followers to engage with their content, it's for a reason because engagement equals how much money we make on a campaign. So a lot is dependent on our engagement. So that's just a little insight. So now we're going to move into the big kahuna, TikTok. 
So TikTok has been around for a while, but it used to be known as Musical.ly, and then it transformed into what we know it today as TikTok. So um, the app started kind of exploding in 2019, and then with the lockdown in 2020, that it absolutely exploded, and it brought in so many new creators, i.e. me, this one right here, the best of the best, um, and it brought in a completely different type of creator. Like, we started seeing... Um, uh, hold on, let me check out my notes. I know this, there's like this creator, I don't follow him, but I, I like a lot of his videos. Um, he lives his life as if he was in a different time period. Like his home is set as if it was like the early 1900s and he wears like suspenders and he doesn't, like he uses electricity, but like, it's like so interesting to see the communities that have emerged, plant TikTok. Um, there's like even, uh, like knitting TikTok sewing tiktok fashion tiktok like there are so many little corners that have grown on tiktok and i love i love seeing it um and i feel like this was the space for more raw and real content creators to emerge so people like me my girls like Brittany broski and erica priscilla like some of the funniest people i know my girl drew and all these other creators that like emerged from this this app where it was just authenticity and just realness and and like not about like sh look at what we have like me when i post my videos you don't see me with an ounce of makeup most of the time like it's very laid back um my hair is in disarray i barely brush it like when i'm about to hit record because i just i, I don't care like to me like yeah my appearance is everything in a way but at the same time like i also like being myself i don't like portraying myself as something that i'm not so once we kind of moved away from um seeing that side of content creators where it was only the artificial only the backgrounds and the pretty lights and the expensive cameras and we started moving into the more authentic content i feel like that kind of started to move the attention away from the pristine like fashion tiktokers and the beauty influencers to more uh different types of content and tiktok completely changed the way influencer marketing is done so you know pr packages are still a thing sponsorships are still a thing um brand trips aren't that much of a thing anymore like i have not seen a brand trip like the 2016 brand trips um you know how they used to do it back then like i don't see it happening as much as I used to, which is interesting to see because I feel like companies realize that they don't really benefit off of that except spending a ton of money on influencers to get drunk and just like promote their products uh, for free. So I feel like the pandemic also played a huge role in how we changed our behaviors when it comes to shopping and this is something that I'll expand on more in next week next week's episode when I, when I talk about specific like consumer shopping and consumer behavior um and how certain events impact the way we shop um i feel like a lot of people stop buying makeup like we stop buying makeup we sort of fo focusing on taking care of our skin we focused more on like eating better um doing more self-help and like bettering our mental health like there's a lot of things that have taken a huge role during the pandemic um, that I feel like kind of steered away from the hype of overconsumption and spending a lot of money. People started spending more money on, you know, things that actually matter, like survival things, like like better food and stuff. Um, and, you know, consumerism is still an issue, 100%. But I feel like with TikTok, it shifted into something completely different. And what I mean by that is like, there are still beauty influencers on TikTok, like Michaela and all these other beauty influencers that emerged from uh, TikTok. But I still feel like if you want to be a beauty influencer nowadays, it is still very hard to break through because I feel like Michaela came in at the right, like at the right place to the right place at the right time. Um, and you know, she has like a specific uh charisma and personality about her that makes her very attractive to people that are just casually scrolling on tiktok and she's really honest and i i love her videos um and i think that's what people were looking for in beauty influencers more authentic more real um not talking about like 
everything like being perfect but opening about her mental health and like acne and her body and embracing that and i feel like people steered away from wanting that artificial like even like the celebrities like i've seen a huge decline in people idolizing celebrities like kylie jenner you know the kardashians and um all these models and stuff and i feel like people are beginning to embrace the the content creators that have like the hip dips and the hairy arms and the hairy pits and like i love all that because i wouldn't consider myself like a big girl but i'm a big you know tummy type of girl like and i'm pretty hairy because i have pcos so my this doesn't really have to do with influencer marketing but again it kind of like plays into a lot of our behaviors when it comes to how we shop i have switched um you know i stopped really caring about my weight in the sense of i don't hate myself as much anymore like i started to slowly embrace how i look and i slowly started to stop looking so much at like oh my god i'm so fat i'm so fat and in turn i've actually been eating a lot healthier i've been actually losing weight because i've been eating healthier i've fallen in love with just healthy eating and eating well and um there's like a lot of it plays into the things that i've been seeing on social media like it nourishes the brain to see you know people like you on social media people like me with like the flabby arms and the thick thighs and the big stomachs and you know seeing more creators like that it's helped me be more comfortable um posting you know with a tight shirt and still having my tummy looking the way it does (laughs) at home i look nine months pregnant most of the time so um you know thanks mom and dad genetics just played an amazing role at least i came out hot um So consumerism is still a huge issue, but I feel like it moved in the sense that now instead of buying a shit ton of makeup, and again, don't get me wrong, makeup products are still flying off the shelves and, you know, Michaela is still selling out makeup products and there are those like viral makeup products that always get sold out at Ulta and Sephora, like it's still happening, but it's not happening as frequently as it was in 2016 with all these beauty influencers. And also um i've noticed that like things such as uh skincare have become more popular uh you know way back in like 2016 when all these skincare influencers were becoming a thing like my best friend hiro <laughs> my baby daddy um yeah so like when people like hiram created a huge huge explosion in the skincare community more people started taking care of their skin and looking at skincare but i feel like makeup still overpowered that but fast forward to now it became a huge thing like where people are the people who had the nine makeup drawers full of uh you know makeup and eyeshadow palettes now have one drawer and they have the makeup essentials and like they're taking more taking care of their skin more than you know with their covering it up with makeup and that's something that i've been doing especially after the pandemic like i realized my face can't look good in makeup if i don't take care of my skin and i also started you know i think also because i'm 27 now i am looking more at i need to start taking care of my skin because i don't want to get wrinkles but you know the gene gods are on my side because my grandma on both sides my grandma's on both sides they have it tight and all the right well that's not it's so fucking wrong you know what i mean like they their skin is like tight like you know they don't have any work done they're just naturally snatched and my mom is 60 is she 60 she'll kill me if i get her age wrong but she's like around 60 i think and her you know but again she didn't get any work done we're just hispanic i don't know (laughs) so back to my point about consumerism it's gotten uh more accelerated because now we're getting products shown to us literally everywhere like reels you see so many advertisements on instagram which is unbelievably annoying um you see it a lot on tiktok lately i've been seeing so many ads on tiktok have you guys been seeing them or is it just me um also facebook and we've been seeing a growth of hauls and they have gotten so popular on tiktok i've been seeing target hauls um amazon finds like those amazon find videos i love them so much like there is actually um a tiktok trend right now uh and it's kind of like a sarcastic post where it's like um 
Amazon products that I hate, but they actually love. And they just post a carousel of all these um, pictures of products that they've bought and they're pretending to hate it, but they actually love it. Um, and so like all these type of haul videos became very popular with TikTok, you know, Shein hauls, the overconsumption of Shein. I'm so happy that I got over my Shein craze after I realized what shit quality everything is. Like there's maybe one or two things that I still have from Shein that I use constantly and it's my mini skirts because that those mini skirts are impenetrable. Like they are absolutely amazing quality. But other than that, like shoes, like the shoes that I've bought have broken, the bags feel way too fake. And like, I can handle fake bags, but not the ones that feel like actual like plastic. Like they weren't, <laughs> like, like it just doesn't feel right. Um, and yeah, like I've just been seeing way more hauls. Um, like uh, there's been a new type of content, like people organizing their fridges and going grocery shopping and putting groceries away the day in the life content i love videos like that like the day in the life content seeing people working from home and doing their routine like i love seeing people be more productive than me and i channel my productivity through these people so if i don't feel like being productive i just go to my favorite creator that does nothing but productive day in the life videos and i just sit there and i watch them and then I go to bed or I just keep scrolling and I continue being a lazy fuck. <laughs> so brands have kind of shifted in regards to how they approach creators now because before it was just a simple YouTube video, maybe an Instagram post, but now it's a TikTok post where, um, and the way we promote these products now, like a lot of uh, people, a lot of creators are smarter now with how they show products in their videos. So like the day in the life videos, like they'll, pr they'll talk about like them making their um, espresso and they'll show like the Nespresso machine and they'll tag Nespresso in the comments. Like we're very smart when it comes to shit like that. Me, I'm just too lazy sometimes to tag these brands. I feel like I would get more sponsorships if I tag some of these brands, but I've honestly just gotten really lazy with my content. Um, and it's just, you know, it gets exhausting after a while. You can only come up with so many video ideas. Um, and then you can only have so much energy to fester up to like want to post a video. And sometimes it's, it's a lot and it's obnoxious sometimes, but you got to keep pushing through. At the end of the day, I can't see myself doing anything else but this. Like this is what I live to do. I live to entertain, make people laugh. And I've always loved making videos since I was a kid. So I'm stuck with this pretty much. Um, so brands uh, like Scrub Daddy, Duolingo, they have completely changed how they market because they realize there's a huge audience on TikTok that loves corny, quick-witted humor, and that is Gen Z. Gen Z is probably the loudest and proudest and biggest and most heavily influential generation out there but they're also the most woke when it comes to you know researching before buying like they're not like us like this one right here back in 2016 when a beauty influencer would recommend a product that i know wouldn't work for my skin tone but i would buy it anyways now i feel like with gen z being like kind of like the dominating uh generation on social media there has been a change with how uh, people vet influencers because not everybody just buys everything that an influencer recommends anymore like things have definitely changed like uh, before like anybody would just go to the store and buy things but now people look into reviews tiktok it's so easy to look at um reviews on tiktok whereas youtube you kind of had to dig for it back then but now you can search up anything like the some fucking nyx concealer and you will see hundreds of videos of people trying it with different skin tones textures age ranges and you see different opinions and i feel like tiktok has i feel like it has a lot to do with tiktok but also like the generation like we're in the era of uh you know we're in a recession uh inflation things are getting so expensive nowadays it is unbelievable how expensive like i went food shopping the other day and it's just my husband and i and we don't even i don't even eat that much okay i don't eat that much to begin with but i spend roughly almost 400 dollars 
on groceries and I look at the bags I have and I'm like, this was nothing. But again, I do kind of uh, sacrifice, you know, spending less because I want to eat healthier. And unfortunately, if you want to eat healthier in this country, you have to spend a good amount of money. And especially because like even produce, like if you want to get organic produce and not just like GMO like falsified vegetables like you have to spend money on good shit and it's it's not easy but it's it's a price i'm willing to pay honestly and i think also the reason why a lot of these products don't last when it comes to the hype like the anastasi beverly hills glow kit like the reason why those products lasted so long was because people were talking about it for so long on youtube and instagram but with tiktok trends come and go like lightning speed like one week fucking these steve madden shoes are in and like the next week they're out but now we're moving into these specific doc martens and then it was the ugg slippers and it's these things are happening so fast before our eyes and i don't and i think that's why people have become so overwhelmed that they don't even want to overspend anymore they're like why the fuck am i buying all this shit like at the end of the day it's just consumerism it's overconsumption. it's just marketing and advertising being shoved on our throats and everything is an advertisement and i feel like people have woken up to realize like you know maybe i shouldn't buy another starbucks cup but you know there's still a huge percentage of people that um over consume like products and it's you know i feel like it, it is an issue because you know it's causing a lot of waste it's it's giving brands more reasons to produce way more shit that they don't need to produce um kind of like this past christmas something that i've noticed um christmas decorations were going on sale before christmas even hit like i saw tiktoks of people posting uh targets of christmas stuff going on sale before christmas even arrived and then shortly after christmas ended everything was on sale for 50 up to 75 percent off and it was like you didn't really see that that long ago it, w- it wasn't that many things there weren't that many things that were going on sale um in regards to the holidays i feel like home goods is bringing out christmas decorations way earlier um the halloween decorations are coming out earlier and it's again like that quick heavy um amount of consumption like you go to a home goods and it's like there's so much stuff there's so much stuff and it's like when is it gonna stop when is the minimalism gonna come in and i don't mean minimalism by like you have one foundation one concealer one pair of sneakers like no i mean like you have like your five six pair of sneakers but like that's it like we don't gotta spend so much we can't keep giving power to these brands because look at how they're fucking with us like me with mugs like i used to not be a heavy shopper for mugs and now all of a sudden all i can buy are mugs okay disney mugs i have so many fucking mugs i don't know what happened i don't know i'm one of those people that i'm like woke when it comes to consumerism and you know advertising and marketing and like don't let the brand suck you in but the moment i walk into home goods and i see a pretty mug i gotta have it also side note i have never seen so much valentine's day decorations at home goods and i'm telling you right now i don't know who's in charge of like design concepts for products when it comes to valentine's day but this year they did something special because i have bought so much valentine's day shit and it's not even like valentine's day it's more like pink mauve decorations because if you don't know my design aesthetic is very 80s 90s postmodern like that's my style and so at home goods there's a lot of that and like the colors that resonate with like the 80s and the 90s are like you know the the mauvey pinks and purples and the the baby blues and that's all i've been seeing in home goods with the the home decor it's all that it's that pink that that pink and i cannot steer away from it but i know when to stop myself i know when to not go over the edge and you know, go crazy. And here's the thing too, my shopping habits have changed and I'll expand on this more next week. My shopping habits have changed where I'm not shopping as much, but if I am, I'm spending good money on things that I feel like deserve to have good money spent on. You know what I mean? Like bedding, 
specific furniture like couches and um maybe chairs but like things like coffee tables i don't spend that much money home decor lamps like it depends because also my aesthetic has a lot to do with um vintage pieces like a lot of older pieces so they're gonna be a little more they're gonna cost a little more but i try not to go too off the ledge but sometimes it's not about overconsumption. sometimes you have to spend for good quality products and that's not always because you can sometimes get a good couch for $900. You don't have to spend three grand on a good couch. So don't get it twisted. But there are some things out there that I'm like, you know what? I prefer to spend good money on this. Like towels. Like I love my towels. My Casaluna towels from Target. They cost $25, I think. But they have lasted through thick and thin. <laughs> they have lasted so long. Um... And even like bed sheets, I just bought bed sheets on Black Friday uh, from Brooklyn, and, and they are the most amazing bed sheets. They have not pilled. They don't get like that ugly ass like weird shit on it. And also like I stopped using softener, and I noticed like it's like my clothes have lasted longer. Stop using softener. Also, ooh, I can't wait for next week's episode because that is where I'll go on the most tangents. But fast forwarding to now, the present. Now we are seeing stores like Morphe closing, Addison Rae's um, makeup brand being pulled out of Sephora. And it's like, what is happening? What is happening right now? So I'll tell you what is happening right now. People aren't shopping as much as they used to because A, we are in a crisis. And yeah, even though we're not shopping as much as we used to, we're still spending a lot of money in other ways. But makeup specifically there's something in that specific community that has definitely changed so here is one thing i'll say that'll kind of tie everything to influencer marketing influencers hold so much power you guys have no idea no matter where the times are going to go in the future at the end of the day they're still going to be influencers that hold the world by the balls and they influence how much we shop and what we buy because people at the end of the day will follow their favorite influencer and listen to their recommendations and buy things that they recommend so what happened with morphe they had all these influencers with the discount codes and shilling out the fuck out of their shitty products and now they're closing all their stores i really think that morphe is one of those brands that got a little too big for their britches and they thought they were really doing something and they were for a little bit they were they had people like jeffree star james charles jacqueline hill bretman rock bretman rock not so much uh but like you know like all these influencers laura lee many way that were pu- pushing out their codes and now the stores are closed but why did that happen you know ever since james charles and jeffree star had um these issues come about with you know their controversies and they have been dropped I don't think Morphe understood that the main reason why they had such a cult following was because of the influencers. Influencers mean money. Influencers mean foot traffic. Influencers mean sold out products, baby. And if you don't have an influencer to back up your brand or to back up your products, you're irrelevant in this day and age, so to say. But if you, if if Morphe developed their own cult following without focusing so much on influencer branding, I feel like they could have gone away with having a few locations opened up, but I feel like they focused way too much on influencer branding that they have lost sight of, you know, building up the quality of their products and maybe, maybe rebranding a little bit. Like what I think they should have done was completely rebrand enough with the collabs if you're gonna do a collab stick to a collab at least like one once or twice a year they're not as effective as they used to be people don't give a fuck about collabs as much as they used to back in the day um stick to like one or two collabs don't open up so many brick and mortar stores like open them in big cities and also focus on building your own following these influencers gave Morphe a following and the moment that these influencers were out, the moment that these influencers stopped talking about Morphe, everything has been radio silent. Nobody talks about it anymore. 
Okay, so to wrap it all up, I asked you guys, how have influencers um, influenced your shopping habits? And I also put, consider this when responding. Do they incentivize you to shop more or less? Or do you feel like influencers lost their magic touch when it comes to convincing you to buy products? So I got quite a few responses and I'm happy because I love getting different opinions. I love seeing where everybody's at when it comes to this. <clears throat> This first one is a little too relatable. Um, not having money will make it, so I can't buy anything they're promoting. Also, I know most aren't actually using products. They're just getting paid to promote it. And that's actually a good point because as a content creator who does paid promotions, I have always said that about content creators. So personally, I made sure that if I ever do a campaign, it's going to be a product that I use and love from a company that I know and love, or I'm going to take a little bit of time before agreeing to do a campaign to try out the brand or the product before even thinking about promoting it. Because if there's one thing that I cannot be is dishonest. Like I can't just stand in front of a camera and do a campaign about a product that I have never used. So every campaign that I've done it's with a brand that I started using more because of it, or I have already loved it and I fully embrace their products. Like La, La Colombe, which is uh, the coffee brand. I've done two campaigns with them. I love their coffee. La Colombe is in here. And I added a little bit of oat milk and ice. Um, these are products that I genuinely use and consume every day. Uh, also the Tillamook. I did a campaign with Tillamook, which is a cheese brand. I use their cheese every fucking time. I love doing some cheese cracker platters and <laughs> with some salami. Um, and even stuff like, um, like Pluto TV. Like I have a subscription with, with Pluto TV. Like I watch Pluto TV. So like a lot of influencers and content creators, like keep this in mind for people that kind of like completely distrust creators, not everyone is dishonest. Not everyone is only doing campaigns for the money. A lot of us, believe it or not, reject um, campaigns because it doesn't suit us. It looks very dishonest. Like I've gotten reached out by <laughs> I've gotten reached out by like health supplement companies a ton health supplement companies and like fitness companies to like promote their shit and like get paid for it and like that's money right there baby but I'm not gonna promote something that I don't do I don't work out which I should I don't work out I don't really I'm not like a health nut I don't take supplements so like it would be very dis disingenuous it would be very disingenuous for me to start promoting something that i don't even fully use myself like and i just started taking vitamin d supplements but that's because andrew makes me take them every fucking day all right next question if it makes sense to me to get it i will is what i would say if i didn't buy everything that gets my attention <laughs> We love the honesty. I love how honest you guys are here. Someone said, nope, I just buy what I need, which honestly, good for you. I'm like that too. But at the same time, I do sprinkle in a few things that I don't really need, like cute loungewear. Like I have a package from H&M sitting on my table right now. Like I ordered cute pajamas, cute loungewear because I realized how much time I spend at home and how little I actually go out. So I stopped spending money on clothes to go out and I started spending more on loungewear, you know, cute pajamas, cute pants, because I want to feel cute when I'm in the house because I'm home every day. So I try to get cute when I'm at home because it helps my self-esteem. It makes me feel happy, you know? Someone said, it depends. I'm less likely to want to buy something an influencer talks about when it's an ad slash partnered. Um, it doesn't always seem genuine feel scripted and like they can use it because they got the products for free and are paid to talk it up but not all influencers are like that some people really do love it i'm more likely to buy something they're talking about when it's not sponsored and they just really love the shit and that kind of draws back to the main point that i was talking about before with the first um response is that not every influencer is disingenuous with their campaigns. A lot of them do campaigns with brands that they know and love, with foods that they know and love. And it's all, you know, and at the end of the day, like it is our job um, 
it's it's a part of our job it's not fully our job but it is part of our job like that's how a lot of us make the majority of our money so a lot of us do get really conflicted with doing campaigns because it you know it gives that like commercial infomercial vibe but at least me with my campaign videos i try to not make them sound scripted i try to not make them sound super like fake and like oh she's just doing this for the money you know i i have a lot of fun with it and again i only do it with brands that i believe in and brands that i actually want to work with because i use their products slash services this one's interesting i'm more likely to take a product seriously if the influencer is a professional in the field in parentheses they put esthetician and that makes a lot of sense because you would you would believe someone more if they are um you know if their job is that specific field and they're promoting products in that field so like a dermatologist uh recommending products you're more likely to believe a dermatologist over someone who started yesterday and with like their skincare journey and now they're like telling you you need to buy this you need to buy this and it's like okay not everybody's gonna that's not gonna work for everybody and there's a certain way to kind of push a product out and there's a certain way to educate people on a product like with an esthetician and a dermatologist there's experience behind it there's there's school behind it there's more education and science behind it um whereas realistically with like an influencer um same thing goes with me like when i recommend products i'm recommending them because i'm like hey it works for me it might work for you you might like it i can't really break down the science like that because i'm not a dermatologist or an esthetician um next it depends skincare i'm more convinced but i mainly follow chemists or dermatologists but anybody else know i've gotten good at convincing myself i don't need things and also i'm an introvert so if i need to ask for help at stores i won't like for makeup that's why i focus on skincare for clothes um she said it in spanish soy friolenta and i needed to be comfortable with fabric um, meaning that she gets cold easily um that's what friolenta means you get cold easily <laughs> yeah same i'm like that too like i i mean i don't get cold easily i actually get hot way quicker before i get cold um but this is so funny like i am someone that if i go into a store do not approach me i just want to be left alone i don't need help if i'm gonna need help i will approach you but i also do know as a ex sephora employee i know you have to walk up to people and ask them for help and like ask them like do you need help or something knowing damn well that they are fine without your help but unfortunately i know these retailers push that customer service down our throats next one says i like to look at it see the prices and other reviews sometimes that's enough for me see and this is one that i feel like i can relate to a lot because i used to be very impulsive with my shopping and i used to buy as soon as someone promoted something like back in 2016 2017 like when someone would promote a makeup product or a skincare product i would immediately add it to my car or go to a store and find it but now i look at the reviews i look at ingredients i'm like is this gonna work for me i have dry skin even though they have dry skin like is it gonna work for me like should i buy it should i return it i'm also not a big returner like i can't buy things and return them like it's a it's a blessing and a curse where like i either have to put it to use or um i give it to my mom or i throw it out eventually uh which is not good for the environment but hey at least i'm being honest and admitting it <laughs> this next one is actually from my friend jazz i love you she said i say they're still my number one reason i'll buy something for example there hasn't been a normal brand ad recently that has made me want to buy a product i also hate shopping in person in stores so i'll naturally look at something and buy it so i it's so funny because like i'm the complete opposite i'm one of those people that i need to be in a physical store and see everything in person like if i see a shirt on h&m that i want i'll order it but at the same time i end up preferring going to h&m i just don't feel like making the drive to the mall and looking for parking and all that but I usually prefer going to the stores and seeing the products in person going to sephora in person i barely shop online at sephora i usually do all my shopping in person thank god klarna is available in stores um because uh 
I, I like trying out products. I feel like shopping for makeup online for me is still like, like a, it's so hard for me to do unless it's something that I have used and loved for the past few years and I know how it's going to look on me. I'll order it. I'll restock and order from, you know, from Sephora.com. But at the end of the day, like I have to go to stores and try shit out, touch things. And I just love the retail experience. Like I love not being bothered. I put my headphones in, I walk around, I take my time, I look at shit. Um, and I just, I love doing all that, but I a hundred percent see how the, like the other side of, I hate when I try to speak in metaphors and it just doesn't come out right. So I sound like a fucking idiot. I can also see the other side of people that like, you know, people saying that they don't really trust influencers, but then seeing people that only trust influencers because especially the ones that are more authentic and real because they're the ones that are trying these products genuinely and giving you um, their take on these products. And a lot of these people uh, that review these things aren't getting paid. Like there are some genuine creators out there that will review products and it's not sponsored and that's how people make their purchasing decisions. Um, like my friend over here. And uh, that's kind of how I am too. Like I'm a little bit of everything. Like I'll watch an influencer and I'll get easily influenced. I'll watch another influencer and I'll do my research and reviews and like see what everybody is saying. And then I'll do my shopping and store, but I'll also use my Instacart and my shipped and, you know, order Target online. Like I am a little bit of everything, but I mainly prefer in-person shopping experiences because it's just, I, I'm a very visual person and I need to see and feel the products that I'm thinking about buying. So that's pretty much going to do it for me today. My throat is killing me. I need more coffee and Andrew and I are going to go get sweet green because it's a Wednesday. Andrew and I decided that Wednesdays are our sweet green days. We go get some sweet green and I do a little bit of shopping. I have to go to Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and get some restocks. Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of Everything is Tragic with Hillary Star. I am your host, Hillary Star. Make sure to follow me on all social media platforms. I will have them somewhere around here. Um, I really appreciate you guys sticking around and kind of giving me this platform. You guys have no idea how thankful I am. Um, and stick around for more fun shit to come. I don't know what else to say except take care, love one another. Peace.